Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. All right, good to be with you guys. Special friend feels very Narnia to me. And so I'll take that. I'll take that, yeah. Oh, I love this house. It's a great place. Aren't you glad to be here? Yeah, you should just be thankful. There's so many dead churches in the world. I mean, that's not a criticism. It's an observation. So you should be glad that you're in one of the treasure houses, man, of the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Well, Regina and I are at that interesting age where you're figuring out all the things you thought you told your kids. And now they're adults, you know? Like what to do when the engine light is on. Just saying, pretty sure I covered that. But for some reason, doesn't seem to be having an impact. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting when you're, you know, when your kids become adults and, and the things you thought they knew that they don't know, um, that's, it's, it's a shocking reality, I guess. Um, and so this week, as I was meditating on what to share with you guys, I feel like there was this really familiar passage of scripture that the Lord kept bringing to my attention over and over again. And I'm like, well, they probably know that. But I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do some, some fathering right now. And make sure you know what to do when your engine light comes on in the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? So the book of Revelation is covering this epic supernatural battle that has taken place for millennia. It's not actually a battle between um, God and the devil because God could flick the devil with his little finger and he wouldn't exist. It's actually a battle between the devil and man. It, it, it's a battle over the souls of men. It's, it's a battle over the, the future of dominion of the earth. And we have this really interesting passage in Revelation chapter 12, and it talks about how Michael and the archangels are warring against Satan, Lucifer, the accuser of the brethren, who has been accusing you day and night before the throne. And it said, and so they cast him down to the earth. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for that. Casting him down to the earth. They're like, you beat up on him for a while. You know what I mean? And so he's cast down to the earth, the accuser of the brethren. And then here, we're going to pick it up, Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. It says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven said, now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. And they, meaning we, have triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, 
And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Let's just pray over this word for a moment. God, again, I thank you that your word is living, it's active, it's powerful. The words you speak, their spirit and their life. Lord, make them so in this place today. We just call the word of scripture to be the word of life to us to feed our souls and empower us to walk in the greater things of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about these three divine tools that overthrow the devil, that actually triumph over the accuser of the brethren, and that is the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our own lives even unto death. All right, so let's just simplify it down to the blood, the testimony, and love. The blood, testimony, and love. I want to just go over with you again how to triumph over the enemy with the blood. Some people don't know this. And I, I don't want you to feel left out if you don't know this I just want to make sure you know this because it is kind of like your engine light coming on when you start feeling condemned when you start feeling less than when you start feeling no good incompetent when you start feeling beat up on by the devil the engine light is blinking what do you do come on pour in the blood that's what you need to do right there You need to plead the blood of Jesus. You need to pour that feeling, that warfare, that thought into the blood of Jesus. And this is all over scripture, you guys. We could go into it so deep. But I want you to get this right here. The blood of Jesus silences the accusations of the enemy. See, he's called the accuser of the brethren. That's that's why I hate it when... When, when churches attack each other and, and Christians talk about each other in an accusative way because they're actually flowing in the opposite spirit. Like that's the devil's job. We're not playing for his team. Come on. But I'm telling you that you still at times come under the accusation of thoughts. You come under the accusation of feelings. You come under the accusation of inadequacies And what silences that noise is the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. Revelation 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Come on, you are free from sin, from the blood of Jesus. You are freed from the penalty of sin by the blood of Jesus. You are freed from the nature of sin and the power of sin by the blood of Jesus. And so when that light starts blinking at you, not good enough, not enough, not enough of this, not enough of that. Oh, you did this, you thought this, you blood of Jesus. That's it, man. Put up, put up your firewall. It is the blood of Jesus. There, there isn't another 
answer. There isn't another cure. The blood of Jesus is that central reality that ended the war of millennia, of thousands and thousands of years of war come down to this one thing. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame the accuser by the blood of the lamb. Learn how to use that. First John 1 John 1.7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. I love this in Colossians 1.22. It says, and through him, Jesus Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross. Jesus made peace. Listen, your reality should be peace. Peace with God. Peace with yourself. You can have peace through the blood of Jesus. And, and so the enemy is always trying to get you to do you rather than to do the blood. And you're always going to come up inadequate. You're always going to, I know that that's kind of a thing nowadays. Everybody's, well, you do you. No, don't. <laughs> don't. It won't work. The light, it'll come on, man. It won't. People tried that for thousands of years. No, do the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood is a, a, a central uh, weapon in the kingdom of God that actually causes us to overcome the accusations of the enemy. And I just want to make sure that you know that and you're using that. Come on, don't get beat up when you've got an answer. Don't, don't get distracted when you've got this divine weapon in your corner that makes peace. Man, it makes peace with heaven. It makes peace with earth. All things being reconciled through the blood of Jesus. You know, the first time with Cain and Abel, the innocent blood was spilled into the ground. It cries out. It, it actually like fractures the ground. The spirit of the ground, it fractures it. And, 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 and the Lord even said, does not his blood cry out to me from the ground? And, and when you think about all the innocent blood that's being shed every day. And what it's doing to the earth. What is causing in the earth? See, it, it, it wasn't God who cursed the earth. It was sin that cursed the earth. It was innocent blood that cursed the earth and cries out from the ground. And so God silenced all that innocent blood with his blood. He made peace with all created things in heaven and in earth through the blood of Jesus upon the cross, the ability to reconcile all things back to divine order. And you've got to learn how to use the blood of Jesus to be fully reconciled to God. Reconciled in the peace of your heart and your mind. Reconciled in the divine nature and union with Christ. All this came through the blood of Jesus. As a matter of fact, the book of Hebrews says that now his blood has brought us into an eternal covenant. Come on. 
You were brought not just into a new covenant, but an eternal covenant. This is a covenant between God the Father and God the Son on behalf of humanity. And so God made a covenant with himself for what he would do with creation. And then he invites you into it. Come on, that's hard to screw up. It's like I'm going to make an eternal covenant between God the Father and God the Son on behalf of humanity, and they just invite all of humanity into it. That's what the blood did for you. It didn't just invite you into a new covenant. It invited you into the eternal covenant. That's a safety zone. That's a home base that you need to learn to live in. That's a... That's an accounting system that you need to learn how to do. How to reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. How to reckon your accounts that the one who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Come on, there's a divine exchange that has happened within the kingdom of God. And you need to learn how to war with that reality in your life. It's, it's absolutely key, foundational, and fundamental to be able to enter into the eternal covenant by the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd and that sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. What is that? The blood is your access to every good thing you need. The blood is your access to him working within us what is pleasing to him. Everything comes through the blood. By the blood, we can approach the throne of God with confidence. And we can get grace to help in time of need. You know, I know a lot of people who know how to run to the throne by the grace of God, but they haven't yet learned how to get a carry-out portion. They know how to run to the throne of Jesus in times of trouble. They know how to run to the throne of grace, but the Bible says that you run to the throne of grace to obtain grace to help in the time of need. Don't just run into the grace and feel relieved for a moment. Bring that grace back with you. Through the eternal covenant of Jesus Christ, there's grace to empower you in what you're going through. And that is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Whoo! So honestly, right now, if you're... you're, engine light or maybe just you know you ever have one of those engine light things where it's when you're going around corners because you're like going a little fast and your oil's kind of tipping a little bit and wing it'll come on so maybe you're taking the corners a little too fast what do you need to do come on top off the blood of Jesus right now (laughs) 
Bring it all in to the blood of Jesus. Bring it into peace with heaven. Bring it into peace, even all things being reconciled by the eternal covenant of the blood of Jesus. The ability to come to the throne of grace and obtain grace to help in the time of need. All that is the blood. All of it. Every bit of it. And so the next part, the next weapon that we have is the weapon of testimony. So let's imagine for a moment, let's just pretend like we're holding a communion cup for a moment. Would you just do this, this simple little silly thing with me for a moment of just pretending. Communion's not silly, but we're pretending. That's what I'm talking about. You're holding the communion cup, the cup of his blood right now. Okay, know how to use this. Do you know how to use this? To silence the foe, to silence the avenger, to step into peace, to reap the benefits of an eternal covenant, to understand that Jesus said, this is how far I'll go for you. To the death, to the blood, this is how far I'll go for you. And he's saying, let's drink to that. Come on, let's drink to that right now. Let's just drink to that. Oh, yeah. Glug, glug, glug. Woo. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. That's better than the engine light, isn't it? All right, let's talk about your testimony. Your testimony we know that it's a divine weapon. Why? Because it's mentioned as part of the armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 15, it talks about having your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. See, your testimony is connected to that blood cup. Your testimony is connected to knowing how to use the blood is what empowers and fits your feet with the gospel of peace, which is our second item of warfare. It's the peace, it's the gospel of peace and being ready to share that at any moment um, because of what the blood has done for you. And there's so many benefits of this beautiful, beautiful power of testimony um you know first of all i want to say that romans 10 9 and 10 it says if you believe with your heart if you believe with your heart that jesus christ is the son of god and confess with your mouth that god raised him from the dead then you will be saved for with the heart man believes making him righteous and with the tongue he confesses resulting in salvation and so <clears throat> your confession of Christ and what he has done, your confession of the resurrection, which, by the way, is one of the most mystical acts ever upon the face of the earth. Some people are a little bit tweaked because we're using a term right now in the prophetic company called mystic. But I want you to know that the three most mystical experiences to ever touch humanity are the virgin birth the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection, ascension, and glorification of Jesus. If you don't like mystery, you're in the wrong team. You're in the wrong club, man. This is a, mis a mystical mystery tour that we're on right now.
And the testimony of one of those mystical acts, resurrection, conquering death and then ascending to the very throne of God and then mystically taking you with him. You sang it today that now you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus while you're seated here. Experiencing dual realities. It says this is part of your testimony that results in salvation, weirdo. Because I actually believe this stuff. Do you believe it? Do you believe Jesus was born of a virgin? Do you believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a substitute for everyone who would ever live and all of their sin and that through his blood he established a new covenant that he was dead for three days and then raised again to life by the power of an eternal covenant, it says. And that not only did Jesus die for me, he died as me. That we all died with him on that cross. We were all buried with him in baptism. And now we've all been raised in newness of life. We ascended with him, we're glorified with him, and are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's actually what Paul said is the word of faith that we are preaching. <laughs> That we are teaching, that we are saying. So, um, one of the things I want you to get in regard to the warfare. This devil, this enemy, Satan, accuser of the brethren, uses all three of those names in Revelation 12, where it says that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I want you to know that there is warfare from the accuser of the brethren, and your testimony is a key to that. It's part of your warfare, remembering what Christ has done for you. See, um, testimony is also the power to remember a reality so that you can recreate it in the now. It's the power of remembering a past reality to make it present and actionable in your current situation. This is actually how the scripture says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of, of prophecy. Because when you tell what God did for you, the same spirit that made that happen is inhabiting that testimony and making that grace and that power available in that moment. It's why testimony is so important. You, your testimony is part of how you came in. You came in by the blood, but then you made a declaration. You made a testimony that says, I believe it, I believe it with my heart and I confess it with my mouth. That I believe this. And it says, by that your heart was made righteous and by your mouth salvation came. Your testimony was part of sealing the deal. Your confession of this truth in Christ Jesus is part of what sealed the deal of the eternal covenant on your behalf. It's what caused you to enter into this eternal agreement between God the Father and, and Jesus the Son. And, and so you're so secure in that, an eternal covenant. Come on, that was sealed by the very blood of Jesus. And then you made a declaration that brought you in. 
And see, now your testimonies are part of your warfare. As a matter of fact, in, in the book of Psalms, I think it's Psalm 106, it said that they stumbled because they didn't remember everything that God had done for them. And time and time, Israel would stumble when it forgot everything that God had done for them. What was happening? The light was coming on. The light of trouble. The light of hardship. The light of heartache. And with it comes the, the accusation of the devil. Man, the devil is always looking for somebody who's weak, who's tired, who's sick, who's young. He's always looking for somebody that it's easy to violate. Because that's his nature. That's who he is. And how do you not become a target for his lies? You remember. You speak to yourself like David did. Hey, I remember killing a lion, and I remember killing a bear, and the Spirit of God is what helped me do that. And this giant that I'm facing right now is going to be like one of them. What is he doing? He's using testimony to recreate reality. He's using testimony to cause every insecurity to come under the divine power of a God reality. And you've got to learn how to use testimony to encourage yourself in the Lord. That when that blinking light is coming on through, again, tragedies that happen and heartache that happens and trouble that happens. And, and, and when your reality doesn't line up with your theology. What do you have to do, man? If, if, if you're not using testimony, you're going to start coming up with all these lies. Well, maybe it's not time for me, or maybe I'm not pure enough, or maybe I'm... There's not one person that ever deserved a miracle. You can't deserve it. You can't earn it. Because it's already yours. It's the children's bread. So, so don't form your theology from your current battle. Pull on the treasure of your past victories. And say, I remember when I felt like this before. And, and, it's, and, and I remember how God changed it. I remember what God did. And listen, if, if you don't have one of those testimonies, borrow somebody else's. Because we're a family. We're all interconnected, man. There is a quantum entanglement in the body of Christ that makes us one in ways that, that, that we haven't even tapped into the power of. And so you take one of the stories of your family. You take one of the stories of Scripture, and you say, that's my story now. I was doing, a, I was doing an online meeting with a, a guy named Andrew Womack who who is just an amazing, yeah, he's an amazing guy. It was the first time I'd, I'd done something with him. And he was telling the story, I love this. He was telling the story of how he wanted to start stirring resurrection faith. And so he read every resurrection story in the Bible, and he personally visualized it as if he was the one in the story. Like he was the one who was raising him from the dead. And he did that with every story for several years, just reading the scripture, but letting it be living and active and powerful, letting that testimony become his prophecy. 
And he kept reading it over and over again. And he's just doing this. He still hasn't prayed for anybody or raised anybody from the dead. And what happens? He gets a phone call from one of his sons. One of his adult sons in his 30s says, your, your youngest son just died, dad. He's gone. And he said, don't let anybody touch him till I get there. And he drove three hours to get to his son. But he had been, re he had been rehearsing his faith. He had been training his faith, not with his own story, but with this testimony of Jesus Christ. He had been training his faith to bow, that, that death would have to bow to the measure of his faith. That resurrection isn't just something Jesus can do, it is who he is. And he had started drinking from the well of testimony to build up his faith and he gets down to his son who by that time had been dead for several hours and he commands life back into him and he springs up from the dead and, and from then on, he starts living in a reality of resurrection because why? Testimony is the power to pull on a former breakthrough and to make it your current reality because the testimony of Jesus contains and releases the spirit of prophecy. I'm only now understanding how much all prophecy is about revealing Jesus. That's all it is. The purpose of prophecy is to reveal the person of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so this thing about the testimony of Jesus being the spirit of prophecy, we're taking up someone else's revelation of Jesus and borrowing it until it becomes our experience with Jesus. This is the tool the saints used to overcome the enemy of generations, of millennia, of thousands of years. This is the one that the highest archangels warred with, and they're saying that he was overcome by your testimony. So don't, don't let that light of panic flash at you, that light of not enough, that light of lack, that light of pain, that light of sorrow. You don't let that keep blinking. You say, huh, I may be going through a valley, but I know what's on the other side. And I'm not talking just about heaven. That's going to be awesome. I'm talking about God. I've, I've been through this before, or I've seen this before, or this has been in the scripture before, and I am pulling on my past realities, or I'm pulling on the realities of my church family, or I'm pulling up on the realities of scripture, and I am making them mine till the measure of my experience matches the measure of my testimony. This is the tool that beat the devil. And you got it. Do you use it? Don't. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's too powerful. They did not remember your many kindnesses. The scripture says. And so they rebelled at the Red Sea. They didn't remember. And of course, as I said, David, by remembering overcame even greater giants than his history. 
See, you take the treasures of your history to establish the breakthroughs of your destiny. <laughs> and then through that, you create a, a, a legacy of triumph. So, prophetic warfare recreates God moments. We've been quoting from Revelation 19.10. Worship Jesus, for it is the testimony of Jesus that is the spirit of prophecy. And then another way that testimony uh, does warfare is it increases, it multiplies the numbers of warriors through evangelism. I'm talking about the power of your testimony to overthrow darkness in others. Your, your testimony is so powerful in evangelism, but you need to learn how to tell it like a story, okay? A story has a character, a conflict, a resolution, and a, like, reason or a moral, you know? Like, and, and so you need to be able to tell your story in, like, two to three minutes max, of this is who I was, and this was my need, and this is how it was filled, and now I live happily ever after. <laughs> Seriously, okay? Like my testimony, I was saved out of religion. I, I've told you before, I think religion is a darker hole than sin. Because the scripture says sin is fun for a season, but religion without Jesus... No fun. There's no fun. Uh, I know it's funny, but it's true. The longest hour I had in my life was one church service that is void of the atmosphere of Jesus or the revelation of Jesus. I'm telling you, you talk about bending time, it's bending the wrong way in religion. So that was me growing up in a religious household and going to church every Sunday, but not knowing God. And this was my need. The scriptures, I mean, not scripture, but one of the great philosophers and poets says there's a God-shaped void inside of every person. I want you to know that I was, you know, president of my class. I was captain of my football team. I was from a good family. Like everything that could go good for you, I had happening for me as a teenager. But I was lonely and I was lost. I had all these people that would call me their friend. But there was something inside me that was crying out. Deep was crying out to deep. There was something missing, and it was that God-shaped void that nothing can fill but Christ himself. And between my 14th and 15th year as a teenager, I gave my life to Jesus. And suddenly that void was filled. And I knew the difference between relationship and religion. And it changed me forever. It changed me forever, and I've been all over the world now seeing God move with millions of people being saved, and, 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 and you know, I, I was in a meeting where 32 blind people were healed in one meeting, one, one minute. I was in a meeting in the Philippines where every, there were 400 people, and everybody got healed, everybody, in the whole room. There was no sick. There was no pain. There was no sickness. It, 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 was, it was so cool. I, I, I've seen the dead raised on multiple occasions because this is the goodness of my Jesus. 
So when I say I, I lived happily ever after, I'm not saying there weren't ever trials or troubles or, or dark nights of the soul. I'm just saying that God has never left. He's always been on my side. And, and, and we're going from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory. And it's never diminished. It's only got better. Because this is the journey that we're on. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. Your testimony is powerful. Your testimony is what can overcome the enemy. Your testimony is what can multiply the saints. Multiply this great army of God. In the book of Acts, it says over and over again, it says in Acts 6, 7, that the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were even obedient to the faith. Wow. Priests start getting obedient. <laughs> Even the preachers are getting saved. <laughs> Woo, that's a revival. <laughs> you know, my favorite revival in scripture, this is way off topic, but it's okay because I won't be there long. But my favorite revival in scripture is actually what happened in Nineveh. Because it said all the people fasted and it said even the animals Like, I feel like when your dog fasts, you are on the road to revival right there. Like, <laughs> something's going to happen. And the whole city is saved, you know. I mean, <laughs> you can take that testimony if you want. All right. And then there's this incredible weapon of love. They love not their own lives even unto death. All right, now don't get a martyr complex. I lived a lot of years wanting to be a martyr for Jesus until I had the opportunity. <laughs> On a couple occasions in other countries. And I'm like, let's reconsider this proposition. Yeah, so we all think we want to die for Jesus. He's not interested in you dying for him. He's interested in you living for him. <laughs> he died for you. It's okay if you die for him. It can create some great, wonderful treasure. And honestly, I did encounter. I had an encounter with the underground church where I no longer became afraid of, of death, of persecution, of suffering for Jesus. Because I saw the glory in their faces. I saw the seed of the gospel that was transforming their nation. It was, it was incredible. I actually began to long for it. But it's not this, like, it's not this martyr complex. Like, don't, don't try to die for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Because this is not about life and death. Catch this. It's about love. It said they didn't love their lives more than they love Jesus. That's what they're saying right here. And this is a weapon. This is a weapon that triumphed over a foe that has been battling for millennia for your destruction. And the, at the very end of the book, they sum up the secrets to overcome him, to triumph over him. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. 
They overcame him by the word of their testimony. And they overcame him by love. I love the scripture in Psalm. I used to sing this in my devotional time in Psalm 63.3. The whole Psalm is incredible. But verse 3 goes, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands because your love is better than life. I had this dear saint in his 80s write me two weeks ago. Wonderful man, full of the Holy Ghost. And he found some things in scripture that kind of showed, hey, maybe we don't have to die. And he goes, what do you think about this? And I said, you know what? I, I think you're probably right. But I got to tell you this. I had an encounter where I tasted of heaven. I had an encounter where I ate at the table of the Lord and I, I toured around in the new heaven and the new earth that he has prepared for us. And I said, I don't want to stay around. <laughs> like, I love my life. I love my family. I love what I'm called to do. But man, when my time's up, there will not be one moment of hesitation. And like, I'm not trying to extend this period. <laughs> like, I want to be healthy. I want to see my kids. I want to see their kids and their kids and all that. I want to sow into them. I want to do everything that God put me on earth to do. But I'm telling you, I'm not afraid to die. Because I've seen on the other side. <laughs> I'm tough. I've tasted of something that is so transforming and intoxicating. I just can't even, you know, joy unspeakable and full of glory. It really is. And um, so it's like, man, if that's your call, go after it. Champion it. Like, be ancient. That would be awesome. I'll, I'll love being your friend. But I'll beat you to heaven. You know what I mean? Like, I'll... Your love is better than life is a weapon. The enemy can't tempt you with what this life can give if love has filled that place. It not only casts out every fear, come on, it, it fills the void. And learn to live in the love of God. It says being rooted and grounded in love. I want you to know the love of God that surpasses everything you're thinking. And I want you to experience its height and its length and its width and its breadth. I want you to be so consumed by the love of God. Did you know that that's not just a gift? It's not just a grace. It's not just an ability. It's a weapon. I love what the great revivalist Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, the person with an experience is never subject to the person with an argument. The person with an experience in God is never subject to the person with an argument. And I'm telling you what, the enemy is the greatest arguer on the earth. He's the greatest accuser on the earth, but you know people that have come close. But God gave you love also as a weapon. And they overcame him by the three greatest, greatest weapons mankind ever had. The blood of Jesus. To establish an eternal covenant 
to bring peace between you and God, to purify you from all sin, to cause you to enter into a divine union with God himself by the blood of the Lamb, to give you entrance into the very throne room of God where you could get everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. That's what the blood does. The testimony, it's part of your salvation. Testimony, it's part of recreating and restructuring reality. It's pulling the treasures of the past into the glory of the present and reshaping, reforming the reality around us with the power of the testimony of the person of Jesus Christ. It's part of refreshing yourself. It's part of building the very army of God. The power of your testimony and the power of his love. Come on. Just to get lost in the love of God so that you can't be tricked into anything else. So that you can't be enticed into anything else. Just getting lost in the height and the length and the width and the breadth of his love. So how about it today? Are there any engine lights blinking? <laughs> if there are, you got the answer. Is the enemy trying to beat you down or circumstances counter to what you thought they'd be? In all these situations, what do we do? We are more than conquerors through Christ because he's given us the divine weapons of his blood, of our testimony, and of his love. Father, I thank you right now that there is not a defeated person in this room because they have been under the preaching of the word, the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're in a room filled with the anointing, filled with faith where absolutely anything is possible in this place. So Father, I thank you that there's not one defeated person in this room because you've caused us to triumph in Christ Jesus. But Father, if there are those that have not yet uh, called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you need these tools in your hand, you need these weapons in your hand for the first time, then call upon the name of Jesus, and you will be saved by the blood of Jesus, but you will be armed with the blood and with the testimony and with the love of the Father for you in Christ Jesus. But there are also believers in this room who, who just have been beat up and distracted and, and tormented and accused and all this garbage that the enemy's been practicing for thousands and thousands of years. But Father, I thank you that you've not left us without very practical, powerful, supernatural solutions. And I pray that all the sons and daughters in this room would hear the voice of their father today, their heavenly father, saying, <laughs> here's what you do. <laughs> here's what you do. Plead the blood. <laughs> Here's what you do. Arm yourself with the testimony of Jesus. Here's what you do. Fall into my arms of love and let everything else be consumed and disintegrate in the greatness of my love and passion for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.